It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavis, licensed nutritionist, and I'd like to thank you for listening today. You know, we have chosen a very important topic, especially for this time of the year, smart nutrition for better immune function. You know, I bet if you work in the healthcare field, or maybe if you're a teacher, I'm sure you've seen your fair share of sickness. Or even if you're a mom, I bet you've seen a fair share. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've heard about a few, uh, <laughs> you know, vomiting things through the night uh, this week. So, so you know, I'm, you know, it seems that it's really rampant, this flu thing. And so before, but before we get into the heart of our discussion today um, and what is important for your immune system, let me introduce our co-host, Anna Durhock. Anna is a licensed nutritionist with a master's degree in nutrition. She consults clients. She also teaches a wide range of classes for nutritional weight and wellness throughout the community. And she's been very busy this week teaching, <laughs> teaching, teaching, teaching. Yes. And you also got a couple of little girls, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yep. And one on the way. One on the way. Yes. <laughs> Go figure. I'm just a baby-making machine. <laughs> Oh, but I love it. So thank you, Dar, for having me on. It's such a pleasure to be on the radio show. Um, and it is really, truly amazing what nutrition can do for the immune system. And that's why we're talking about it today, because it's such a big topic. Um, so far, neither one of my girls or my husband has gotten sick this winter. So I guess Good. I'm feeding them the right things, yes, right? Yes, you are. Well, I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but Dar, there are so many foods that can boost the immune system and so many that tend to suppress it. So, you know, Anna, I think that's a new thought for a lot of people, that mm-hmm. actually what you're putting in your mouth is going to affect your immune system. Yeah. They think it's some mystery thing out there <laughs> that just kind of floats down and grabs them. <laughs> right. And it's it, it really is how you treat your body and what you put in it. Yes. So. so, you know, research from the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition found that phagocyte activity is decreased for five hours after eating sugar. So, Dar, I'm just going to let everybody know what a phagocyte is. Okay. Because it's kind of a heavy word. But phagocytes are like little Pac-Men, and they eat up infection. And they're basically the major parts of our immune system and help it function. So, Anna, does this mean if you eat a muffin or a bowl of cereal for breakfast, (laughs) that, you know, you slow your immune system by 50% for five hours? Mm Mm-hmm. And actually, this research was conducted in 1973. (laughs) So they've known about this for a long time. A long time. (laughs) You know, I've known about it for a longer time. But But they, you know, the research has been out there. Yes. Yeah. So isn't it interesting what we, if kids get sick, what a typical, what they would typically tell us to feed them. Yes, the ginger ale and the jello. And the jello, both high in sugar. Yes. And it is a shock because, you know, we know we need to push the fluids, but we don't need to be pushing fluids with full of junky sugar. No. We, we really don't. don't. And in the words of Robert Cran, a famous nutritionist who wrote the book Nutrition Made Simple, he he says what kryptonite is to Superman, 
sugar is to our, our our immune cells. And I think he just hit it right on right you know right on the head with that. Um, I had a client the other day who who told me she was addicted to mochas. And I kind of laughed because I used to be addicted to mochas and all that <laughs> stuff, all that junky, you know, caribou drinks. And I looked up how much sugar was in a small caribou mocha because she's like, please don't make me give it up. And it turned out to be nine teaspoons of sugar. Oh, wow. Yeah. In a little mocha. In a little mocha. Yep. So, I mean, just think about it this way. Mochas slow, slow the immune function. So let's go back to phagocytes for just a minute. Okay. You know, they're part of our white blood cell. And what they really do is they go out and they attack ba- bacteria and viruses. And they eat them up before we get sick. I mean, that is if they're working right. Right. But we know that the sugar decreases our phagocyte activity so that they just kind of, when they look at them under, in a microscope and look at the phagocytes, they're actually in slow motion after yeah. they've had a dose of sugar, kind of like we are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it does. It like, we we feel like we're Frankenstein just kind of moving with the motions. Yes. Yes. And so, so what happens then if you eat a lot of sugar then, and you get exposed to a virus, mm-hmm. guess what? It starts to grow and grow and grow and grow, and then you become sick. Yep. And it's then it's even harder to get over it because your phagocytes are still, you know, depressed basically exactly so i know that i want my phagocytes working all the time but think about those athletes uh, specifically young athletes who are drinking gatorade and all that propel and stuff like that which by the way a 20 ounce gatorade has seven and a half teaspoons of sugar well you know what anna i just bet you anything that the vikings (laughs) are not drinking Any Gatorade these days. I'm sure. I hope In not. fact, we know they don't. They, yes. they, they drink electrolyte mixtures. Drinks is, yep. But yep. not that. Yes. And I also know that my grandkids will never be, <laughs> they'll never get to consume Gatorade or any, any soda of, yep. in front of my daughter, at least. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we kind of know that sugar is one of those things that is going to suppress your immune system. But there's other things that really suppress your immune system, like lack of sleep Mm -hmm. and lack of protein. And for some adults, it might be happy hour (laughs) because happy hour compromises your immune system. And, you know, there's lots of research about alcoholism. And in fact, you have some to share today. Right. And it's fairly recent. This actually came um out in June of 2008, but it's from the Journal of Alcoholism, Clinical and Experimental Research. And they basically found that alcohol abuse leads to immune deficiencies. And I think we all know that most alcoholics, chronic alcoholics, have a lot of health problems when it comes to, you know, nutrient deficiencies, liver diseases, stuff like that. Exactly. So, I mean, the consequences are huge when you start looking at, you know, what what things can affect the immune system. But Usually this means increased susceptibility to bacterial pneumonia, tuberculosis, and other types of infectious diseases. Which means into the ER. Yes. So it is, it's just amazing, isn't it? What, yeah. Uh, but again, as you look at alcohol, alcohol is a sugar. It's sugar. No matter what it is, beer, wine, whatever, it's sugar. And I always find it interesting, but my, my husband likes to drink beer every once in a while, and Every time he drinks it, doesn't matter if it's light or regular, he always gets a stuffy nose. 
He's like, I feel like I have a cold coming on. I go, that's the yeast. It's killing your immune system. So, you know, you mentioned in this research that you were talking about alcohol abuse. Mm-hmm. And I think we should talk a little bit about that. What does what that, that What does that mean? Because I think... I think a typical person would say, oh, that's 10 drinks. Right. Yeah. And if you normally drink that in maybe one weekend. Yeah. But it's actually less than that, much less. Um, so the, so alcohol abuse, like in a woman, this would be more than three drinks at one sitting. And for men, it would be four or f- more than four. And this, this research we got from the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. And there's also something else, Star, that... Consumption, higher higher consumption of alcohol actually puts us at risk for. And that would be, and we actually talked about this. I was on a radio show yesterday morning. I talked about this, and it increases our risk of cancer, particularly for women. Right. And the American Cancer Institute found that women drinking one alcohol drink per day could actually increase their risk of cancer. I mean, this is just... Unbelievable. Right. And this was really, this is a very conservative, this American Cancer, Re, American Cancer Institute is a very conservative organization. <laughs> They're not going to go out on the limb and say that unless the <laughs> research was so pure. And right. that's what they found is that if one, a woman drinks just one alcohol drink per day, it could re- increase your risk of cancer by a lot. Right. And um, so this is... Alcohol really does compromise, decrease, whatever you want to say, your immune function tremendously. Right. And that's even, guess what, red wine. <laughs> I know. And we we think of red wine, we think of the French who drink it probably at least once a day. But really, I mean, it's not that protective. And if we think about cancer, it is a very, we think of a, a extremely compromised immune system. And so if you already have, you know, you're already getting sick quite often, Stay away from it as much as possible. But, Dar, there are specific foods, like we talked about before, that can boost the immune system and also protect us from developing cancer. What are these specific nutrients? Well, I think, you know, I think as we look at things, we always think of fruits and vegetables. You know, like we all think about blueberries, and these are all things that have a lot of antioxidants. Brussels sprouts are great. Mm -hmm. We talk about kale. Bell peppers, broccoli, tomatoes, all the things that are full of antioxidants. And we're going to take a quick break, and you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, a company specializing in immune-boosting nutrition. Before we go, I want to remind listeners that we recently developed a new series of classes called Living the Weight and Wellness Way. It's a new eight-week series, and it's designed for the people that have already taken the weight and wellness series, and that's hundreds and hundreds of people. And so for these graduates looking to kind of get their passion back <laughs> or, you know, get back on track even, and because, you know, it's the holidays are over and people fall off a little bit. So, you know, this new series of class begins the first time this year on Monday, January 25th. I think that's this Monday. Coming. Yep. Yep. And so when we return, Anna will tell us more about how you can sign up. And if you want to join our conversation this morning or call us with a question, it is 651-641-1071. 
Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Anna Durhak, licensed nutritionist, and I'm here this morning with Darka Vist, who is also a licensed nutritionist. And when we were, we 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 went out of break, um, Dar was talking about our new series called Living the Weight and Wellness Way. And as Dar said, this new series is beginning this Monday on January 25th. And it's being taught at um, five different locations in the Twin Cities, St. Paul, Wyzetta, Woodbury, Maple Grove, and White Bear Lake. And if you want to learn more or sign up, go to our website at weightandwellness.com and click on the word classes. Or you can call the St. Paul office this morning at 651-699-3438. And I will be teaching the Living the Weight and Wellness Way in White Bear Lake. And it's, that starts Wednesday night. Okay. So, so then you should have a full house. Yes. And you can already Sign tell up. it's fun. It's going to yes. be fun. So, you know, we had a caller that didn't want to stay on the line, Anna, but she was wondering about what causes the reoccurrence of bladder infections. <sighs> well, I used to suffer from reoccurring bladder infections as a kid. Okay. Um, since I was two. And so I know that... Um, we did the whole antibiotic thing and it never got better. Um, and so I did an elimination diet. Basically I was on yogurt for two weeks and it cleared up and it, it, it started getting a lot better. So it has to do with the gut. (laughs) Okay. So what we can kind of, let's kind of problem solve. And as we might do, if we were seeing a client and a client Mm -hmm. would come in and say, you know, I got these bladder infections. What am I going to (laughs) do? Okay, so okay. what you're really saying is we have to look at healing the intestinal tract, and mm-hmm. so we would do that with a couple of things, wouldn't we? Yes, probiotics. Probiotics. Specifically and, bifidobacteria. Yep, and maybe a little bit of acidophilus at bedtime. Yep, um, and that will get rid of the candida that could be causing the bladder infection. And then I always look at eliminating the stuff we've been talking about. Sugar. Sugar, eliminating the sugar. Sometimes and then. And then often I know that the bladder needs a little bit more acid in it because mm-hmm. so that the bacteria, the bacteria can, can't grow, can't grow right. and attach to the lining. So sometimes we do cranberry mm-hmm. extract, which works great. And yep. it comes in a little capsule mm-hmm. because, you know, if you go into the store to buy gram- cranberry juice, probably one of the first ingredients is often sugar. Right. So that doesn't work. Right. That doesn't work at all because people have heard about that, right. that cranberry works, but it's got to be the true It's got to be pure cranberries, and it's hard to find in the store, pure mm-hmm. cranberry juice. And then sometimes I will have people take a digestive enzyme with a little bit of hydrochloric acid in it to also make the system a little more acidic so bacteria can't grow. Yep, and that makes total sense. Oh, there you go. I hope that helped that person. And I think we have a caller here this morning. Um, Good morning, Jamie. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Yeah. Hey, good morning, both of you. Interesting show. Good. (laughs) Hey, quick question for you. Did I just hear you say that uh, bladder infections were caused by candida? Candida. (laughs) Candida, it can be. Oh, or, can be okay. Yeah. Uh, just because I'm as a, as a physician, I just I, we treat them all with antibiotics, and I just had never heard of an, a Canada bladder infection. Well, you so know I, what? You know when sometimes when people have uh, candida in their system, it's this the fact that they have a compromised immune system, and so you have to kind of and so probably they have double infections. Right. They have a bladder infection, and they also have uh, candida in their system, and so you have to work on both of those. Right. Oh. You know. I see. Oh, just never heard that in medical school. Anyway, the other question I had real quick was, um, 
that about that study with the sugar and the phagocytes. It's interesting, um, but I just had a question. I haven't read that study. I would love to read that. But a lot, you know, I'm just curious, was it done in vitro, like in the lab, or was it done in humans where they measured, you know what I mean? Was it in vitro or in vivo? I, you know, know what, I that I we would have to go back We'd and look that up. We'd have to go back. But because we can't, right today we can't remember. Right. Oh, but I just, okay. But it just because the conclusions you guys were basing off of that sounded like there was a definite, you know, human component. Like they, I think there was. I really think okay, there good. was. Because yeah. extrapolating from an in vitro study to an in vivo study is a very slippery slope. So I just wanted to, yep. you could give the reference for that. I'd love, love to read that. Because a lot of those lab studies don't translate into, you know, actual human clinical um, effects. So, um it is one of those things to be cautious with. I you know, one say. of the things that, if Jamie, if you want to do is just leave your, you know, call our office at 651-699-3438 mm-hmm. and just leave your email address and we'll we'll send you that uh, research. The whole research paper. Yeah, yep. yeah we, good. We it just, we, it we, just appreciate yeah. it. Appreciate it. Thank nope, you. That, that'd be great. The, we, watch we, out for the pseudo-medical yeah. conclusions. Yep. What I would no problem. Thanks, yeah. Jamie. I'm listening. I'm listening. All right. That sounds great. So are a lot of doctors. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> so we were really talking. In fact, you know, it's kind of interesting. I opened up the paper this morning, and uh, the St. Paul paper, and it says, fighting the flu means more than just lining up for the shots. And this was written by Dr. Oz. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting how he looks up, he, you know, he talked about some of the same things, the vitamin C, and what we're going to talk about a little bit more here is vitamin C. We're going to talk about protein, and he talked about that. He talked about vitamin D, and we're going to talk about that. The only one that he also talked about is vitamin A, and and we felt we didn't have enough time this morning. But I know I take a little bit of vitamin A every day just to make sure that I keep my vitamin A level up. And I usually take about 5,000 IUs of vitamin A. Yep. And uh, so far, uh, I haven't gotten anything. So there we go. You know, we were talking about, before break, we were talking about how vitamin C that we find in, you know, red pepper, bell peppers, uh, red peppers, green peppers, broccoli, tomatoes, strawberries, all the antioxidants, and they really help support our immune and in fact, Dr. Oz talks about how if if you get the flu, it actually kind of protects your lungs, your lining yes. in your lungs. Yep. Well, the vitamin C does. And then there's another thing that we, we always talk about in our classes, and that is zinc. And that is one of the more important minerals for your immune system and kind of where do we usually find zinc? <laughs> what kinds of foods? Well, we mentioned right in the beginning that how low in, low protein intake can actually suppress the immune system. And um, zinc is actually found in, in very high amounts in protein-dense foods like grass-fed beef and chicken and salmon and pork. Um, and there are specific ways that we test um, zinc levels at our office. And I know, Dar, that you do this a lot with your clients, um, and I do it quite often with mine as well. Well, Anna, before we go on to that, let's go back over this. Okay. You get zinc because I think this is, people just don't understand that we can get this wonderful mineral from the food. foods. Yeah. And we get it from? In high amounts. We get it from pork and grass-fed beef and chicken and seafood is actually very high in zinc. We don't think about it, but not everybody eats oysters and 
you know, scallops and all that stuff every day. But those are also very high in zinc. So it's really important to have some protein. Good protein sources. You know, maybe three times a day at least. At the minimum. Yep. To keep your immune system up. So yeah, we do we do test for zinc, and it's a it's we call it uh, a zinc challenge, and basically it's just zinc in some water, and um, you know it, we you can just take this little zinc and you can taste tell from the taste in your mouth, and so it's kind of interesting because we know that about seventy three percent of the population is deficient in zinc. Yes. That's a lot of people. And so, you know, there's some other body signs besides a low immune function that tells you that you might have low zinc. Yeah. And the specific body signs Dar is talking about are frequent colds and viruses. Acne can be a sign of really low zinc. Slow wound healing. Um, And that's why so many diabetics have been found to be low in zinc. Hair loss, white spots and fingernails, fatigue, prostate trouble, loss of taste. And thyroid problems. So that's amazing, isn't it? That's a lot of issues that zinc's related to. But and zinc has also been shown to support um, cancer patients' immune system function. So and it also can in in those who don't have or struggle with cancer significantly shorten the duration of the cold. So you know if you're struggling with acne, or you got white spots on your fingernails. <laughs> or prostate problems, or thyroid problems, kind of look to zinc as a possibility right. as a pro- that you might be deficient in. Right. And as we know, like 73% of the population is deficient in zinc. Yep. So it's time for another break. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, a company that focuses on eating real food to achieve your best health. But before we go, let me ask you this. Are you a person that just can't stop with one? You know, one potato chip. Well, maybe four potato chips or one cookie or one cracker. If you answer this question with a definite yes, stay tuned because when we return, Anna will give you some strategies to tackle this potential roadblock to healthy eating. Questions this morning, 651-641-1071. Welcome back to Sheenet Nutrition. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Anna and Dar this morning, and we're both licensed nutritionists. And today we're talking about nutritional strategies to build your best immune function. And when we went to break, Dar mentioned that very common roadblock on on our journey to great health that we often call the I can't eat just one syndrome, which I used to suffer from, (laughs) um, especially with brownies. But this is one of the many common roadblocks that we discuss and talk about in the Living the Weight and Wellness Way series, and which again starts this Monday. And if you're that person that just can't stop with one, you'll be glad to know that this has nothing to do with your personality or lack of willpower, um, and it's not really about emotional eating. It actually, those carbohydrate cravings have a biochemical um, significance or factor, and we call we use, they're usually caused by uh, a brain chemical t- called serotonin. And low levels of this can actually create those carbohydrate cravings and lead us down the road of, I can't just stop with one. So in that class, we really teach people how to build up their serotonin level yeah. with food. Yes. And, and it's kind of the same thing that builds it up for zinc. Yes. Serotonin is made by eating protein. It's amazing. Yeah. And zinc is made by eating protein. protein. Yes. 
that we were talking about zinc before we went on break, and we want to kind of finish this conversation up a little bit because there are some other signs, other body signs that people have when they have really low zinc. You know, right. maybe they lose their taste. Yeah. Their taste buds are gone. That is so common in a lot of clients of ours. And the other one that I find common is high sugar cravings right after a meal. And I used to be there. And so, you know, these are just some signs that you can look at. Yep. And then if you want, you can always come into our office and we can do this quick zinc test. It's just a little bit of water in your mouth, zinc water in your mouth, and you can see what the tastes like. And if it's low, you're probably not going to have any taste. And if yeah. you've got enough zinc, you're probably going to have a taste. Yes, a metallic taste. So it it really goes back to, you know, zinc is one of those very important minerals for the taste center or our taste buds. And usually if we're not tasting things very well, then we're, we want something strong tasting like sweet and salty foods. So we have always kind of, we've talked a little bit that, you know, we get zinc from protein mm-hmm. and we know that protein kind of boosts the immune function. And there's a protein that we talked a lot about last yes. week because Deb was on and she kept mentioning <laughs> it because she really doesn't eat meat. We'll get her there someday, but at this point... <laughs> She doesn't eat meat, so she gets it in a different way. She gets her protein a different way. Yes, and this particular protein is called whey protein. It comes from dairy. It's not a soy product. And um, the research from June 2004, which comes out of the Alternative Medicine Review, found that whey protein is actually antiviral, antibacterial, and has antioxidant properties to it. So an easy way to use this whey protein is by putting it in a protein smoothie. You know, and you can find our recipe on on our website. It's weightandwellness.com. And just click on recipes, and you can make a a smoothie. You can Mm. put it in your oatmeal. You Mm. can put it in your... Yogurt. Yes. So um, it makes a great snack. A lot of times I just put some yogurt in there with berries and almonds, and I've got a very satisfying snack. So try it sometime. You'll feel better. So, um, you know, we if you're talking about your immune system... You just can't forget about our sunshine vitamin because it's so critical for our immune system. And for those who are unfamiliar with this term, the sunshine vitamin, it is actually vitamin D. And Dr. Michael Hollick, who has done the most extensive research on vitamin D, has shown this vitamin or hormone really affects the immune response. And it affects every cell in your body, actually, doesn't yeah, it, Anna? Yeah, it has huge functions in the body. Cancer protection, Yeah, it's important for the heart cells, all that stuff. Um, but basically, to talk about Dr. Hollick's findings, he basically explains it. If you're low in vitamin D, your immune function is severely compromised. And the most common findings um, he found were higher rates of cancer, specifically colon and breast. Um, higher rates of autoimmune diseases, which can range from lupus, fibromyalgia, celiac disease, um, osteoporosis, very common, which is affecting way more women than we have ever seen, um, and even more men, uh, which tend to have a lower risk of osteoporosis. Um, seasonal affective disorder, which we call SAD, specifically in the winter months, um, and more susceptibility to colds and viruses. So. 
So you can see why we really need, uh, you know, and today we don't have any sunshine. No, nope. I don't think we're going to have any sunshine <laughs> for a long time. And actually in Minnesota, Wisconsin, North Dakota, and all these northern states, we just don't get enough sun to mm-hmm. have sufficient vitamin D. And so we always recommend that people go and ask their doctor to please test the vitamin D level and see what it is. And I've had clients from as low as... um pretty low, uh, three or four, all the way up to maybe, you know, a, some some people come in and they're, there's it 18, 19, and we really recommend that it be a lot higher than that, don't we? Yeah. I mean, you're, to be an optimal range, it should be at least at 50. Um, and usually, you know, you're looking for 50 to 100 nanograms per milliliter. That's just the, the measure they use. Um, so if you can't afford to go to Hawaii, which would be lovely right now. Um, That's where my trainer is right now. <laughs> oh, nice. I'm jealous. <laughs> but for uh, those of us who are stuck in the frozen tundra with rain, uh, there are specific foods that actually have pretty high levels of vitamin D in them, um, such as sardines, wild-caught salmon, grass-fed butter. Um, cod liver oil is also a great source. Um, and, you know, what should our vitamin D level you know, really stick to How do we get it up there, Dar? Well, let's hold that, Anna, because, okay. you know, um, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk a little bit more about vitamin D. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If your roadblock to healthy eating is that you're an all or nothing person <laughs> and always ends up sabotaging your healthful efforts, or if your roadblock is that you work and your family schedule and your work schedule is just horrendous, and so you end up in the fast food lane uh, more than you would like or even ever. You know, stay with us because Anna will give you some practical solutions when we return. Living life out loud on FM 107.1. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I want to remind all of you that, again, this Monday, we are beginning another round of the Living the Weight and Wellness Way series, and it's taught throughout the Twin Cities. These classes are taught from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m., so they're just one hour, and you meet one night a week for eight weeks. It's it's great. If you want to learn more, go to our website at weightandwellness.com. You can always ask questions, to, um, call and ask questions um, at our St. Paul office as well, 651 651- Six nine nine three four three eight. But one of the things we do during this new series is offer practical solutions that really help to lift those roadblocks. And one of the real life roadblocks that we discussed before we went to break are an all all or nothing personality. Okay, so you might be one of those people who who you know think, oh, I ate junk food today, so I just can't keep doing this. And you know what? There is. So There's like you know, in between, either, you're either dieting or you're eating junk food, right? Or so, you're eating healthy or you're just totally junking out, right? We don't want you to feel like you have to be like that because it's a lot of times there is that all or nothing attitude is often caused by a deficiency of another brain chemical called dopamine. And one strategy to build dopamine is plenty of animal protein. It's one of those neurotransmitters, just like serotonin. It's made from the same stuff, so. Learn more about some of those ways to um, address low dopamine. Sign up right right now for the Living the Weight and Wellness Way series. So 
you sign up if you've already taken the weight and wellness series and want a refresher, you know, and get back to this kind of passionate, healthy living that we, we believe in. You know, another very useful thing that we address in this series is how to plan meals mm-hmm. and snacks in advance. And this is a must if you want to balance your work and family schedules. And I know because I have a busy schedule yep. and you don't want to eat fast food because that's not real food. And you don't want to eat frozen pizza. So you've got to <laughs> kind of plan on what you're going to eat with real food. Yeah. So. And it, it's it's planning, but it's funny because everybody always laughs at me. I always have this huge bag of food when I go to work, you know, if I'm going to be there all day. But I'm eating real food, and I feel so much better about it. So, Anna, we had a couple of questions while we yes, were on break. we did. How much zinc is is okay for people to take? Well, if you're truly deficient and you you take in the zinc challenge test, I, you know, usually 30 to 50 milligrams is okay. Yeah. It really and, is. And. And I know that a few practitioners recommend more, but we're a little more conservative. We are. And we just say 30 to 50 and then try to get more from your animal, animal protein, protein and build that back up. Yep. Now, a couple of things. I mean, we were talking before we went on a break about vitamin D. And here's something that is really interesting that Dr. Oz said this morning in the mon- morning paper. And he says 80% to 90% of us who live outside of the Sun Belt come up short of this vitamin during the winter. So Dr. Oz is Mm -hmm. saying the same thing. And vitamin D is so critical, isn't it? Yes. And, you know, and, you know, and we always talk about Barb Redison, who (laughs) at least she used to do this. She used to get her vitamin D a lot from being out in the sun at noon. Yep. And then she always would do um, at least a can of sardines every day. Yep. And she she tells me now she doesn't do that every day, but she does it quite often. So and she got me she got me eating sardines and I love them. So so if people are wondering, okay, mm-hmm. they go to the doctor and they get their test, mm-hmm. and so what's a good level? A good optimal level would be at least fifty. That's what you wanted at fifty or above. Um, so fifty to hundred is great. But if it's you know if you have levels less than twenty, we we see it all the time. Like Dar said, she had a client with a level of three and seven. Um, you know, that is considered severely deficient. And most people in Minnesota, they just have to take a supplement specifically in the winter. Um, so if, you know, if you get it back and it's less than 20 or even 20, between 20 and 50, you, you should be taking at least between two and 5,000 IUs. Mm-hmm. And I we're seeing more and more report, reports that people are recommending 5,000 IUs yep. a day. And you know, and I kind of go two thousand in the summer and four thousand in the winter, and mm-hmm. those and people seem to be able to test out then at a pretty good range. Right. So, you know, again, we really again we recommend getting your levels checked. Yes. Because you may need a lot more than we're recommending. Right. So it's really important. So, but Dar, you also mentioned that butter is a good source of vitamin D. It is, and I mean. <laughs> You know, but it's got to be butter that the animals have been out in the grass. Yes. Not locked up in a barn with no sunshine. <laughs> That's crucial because we get it from the sunshine. So, um, I mean, really, there are good fats. Dar, tell us about some of those good fats that can help our immune system. Well, you know, we you certainly need to avoid the things like trans fats. And uh, we've talked about that a lot. And, um, you know, Things that have trans fats in are things that are like uh, pizza, 
uh, French fries, uh, muffins, uh, anything that says partially hydrogenated fat on it or hydrogenated fat. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they these fats make up your cell wall. And if you eat those, then your cells have little holes in them. Yep. And the other kind of fats, they make nice structured round, round sound. And so we really want healthy, good kinds of fats. And so, you know, I think people, um, you know, it's interesting as we were on break too, and we had a a person that called in and asked, uh, how many grams of sugar that's in a bagel? (laughs) Well, it's, it's over 14 teaspoons of sugar in one bagel. So what you have to do when you're looking and calculating that, because that's the amount of glucose that goes into our system Mm. and... What we have to do when you're doing that, you have to count the number of carbohydrates that's in a food. Mm-hmm. So a bagel, I think, has, what, 50? 50-some. 50 yeah. And so it's it you subtract that, or you, you divide, divide by four, and you find the grams of sugar that's in a bagel then. Yep. And, um, you know, so, and we're going to come back when after break, and we're going to talk a little bit about more trans fats and things that you have to really avoid. Yeah. And it's our final break. This hour goes way too fast for us, and uh, but we're going to have some final thoughts on nutritional strategies to boost your immune system and so that you can avoid those colds and flus. So welcome back. I want to remind all of you who may have not heard yet, but this program, Dishing Up Nutrition, is now available on iTunes. So all those family members and friends who might be out of state, um, they can now con- conveniently listen um, a freeway to some great nutrition information. Um, and as we were um, talking about before, we, we've we mentioned all the foods that really play a huge part in the immune system, and the hour is just too short. So if you want to learn more about this wonderful topic, um, we do have a class titled Staying Well, Strategies to Strengthen Your Immune System. It's actually being taught this Thursday, January 28th in Woodbury. And also offered um, Wednesday, February 3rd in our St. Paul office. And it is a very nice class. Awesome. As all our classes are. Yes, of course. So, hi, Colleen. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Hi. You have a comment or question for us? Oh, yeah. I think it might have just been answered. But my question was, I just really enjoyed this show. And I um, am a mom, but also working full time. So it just felt like a lot right now to commit to like Mm -hmm. the the eight week weight and wellness series. Sure. So I guess I was curious about, you know, like one, um, One yeah, like one evening kind of classes to get more information. Yeah. And Colleen, Colleen, that would be a great one. And also, since you are a mom, another great one to to register for would be um, foods to build happy, focused kids. Oh, great. Which is um, this Monday, January 25th um, in Moundsview. And are you oh, teaching great. that, Anna? And I'm teaching it. Okay. So if you can make it, I'd love oh, to see you there. Be, that would be January 25th in Moundsview. Yeah. Yes. Okay, great. Thank you so much. You're okay. welcome. Thank you for the call, Thanks. Colleen. And let's go here to Jan. Hi, Jan. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Good morning. How are you? Great. Hi, Jan. <laughs> Before I said you guys need a two-hour show, not a one-hour show. Oh, well, we, <laughs> we believe so, too, but, you know, <laughs> keep telling uh, the question, station. 
My question was a couple of weeks ago or whatever, you had talked about the sugar cravings and things like that. And um, there's also something you could take to start decreasing your sugar um, cravings. Sure. Well, you know, I kind of I formulated a product that's called Crave Control Plus, And basically okay. that helps a lot. But, you know, we were also talking about... Um, Something about intestinal health yes. earlier in the show. <laughs> um, oh, I know bladder infections. Yes, yes. and okay. uh, the the good bacteria that's called bifidobacteria, and we really get that when we're breastfed the first yeah. time. So okay. it's a very common, and that really helps to reduce cravings for sugar too. Yeah, and okay. it's just because we rebalance our rebalance our intestinal tract. Okay. So both those of those two. things help. That sounds Perfect. great. Thank you. Thanks, Jan. Thank Thanks, you Jan. for the call. So. Anna, we were, you know, we were talking about trans fats being really bad for your immune system. Yes. But good fats are good. Yes. We want good fats because they work, make our cells work 100% all the time. So the superhero fats, as Dar refers them to often, um, we would include butter, olive oil, avocados, nuts and seeds. Even coconut oil is actually very healthy for the immune system. And, Dar, did you know that 50% of the cell membrane is made from saturated fats alone? I don't think people usually re- really realize that, that right. the saturated fat that's in butter or coconut oil, yep. it mm. makes the structure of the cell, and it makes the str- cell strong. Stronger, yep. So you can see when people go on a low-fat, fat-free, no-fat kind of uh, eating plan, often I see that they often have... They get viruses and colds much more right. frequently, I believe. Yep. It seems like. Seems like it, because they don't have that protection. So, anyway, the saturated fat is okay. Eat it in moderation, okay? Um, and if you, you know, if you need more help, please visit our website, weightandwellness.com. If you have other questions, please call, give us a call at 651-699-3438. And, you know, I think one of the things that if you are a person that is kind of moving away from being fat-free and you're wondering, okay, can I really eat fat? You know, maybe you start with a teaspoon of fat at every meal. So if you eat six teaspoons of fat, that's a beginning place. (laughs) And then maybe after you get a little more comfortable and your immune system works better and your metabolism works better, then you could increase to about two teaspoons at every meal. Right. And actually, the recommendation generally is that we should have at least a tablespoon at every meal and every snack. So that's like between six and seven tablespoons of healthy fat. Now, that might come in nuts or olives Olives, or half an avocado or a tablespoon of butter on your vegetables. And you are actually, which is so amazing, (laughs) you are actually supporting your immune system. Yep. So as we always say, you know, change your diet and change your life. That's right. Thanks for listening.